Impact, income, and influence. Do you want the most powerful, actionable takeaways from today's episode? Go to actionbullets.com to grab the quick, easy-to-read takeaways that will help you change your life and grow your business. Or you can click the Action Bullets link in the description below. Let's jump into today's episode. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Grow Your Impact, Income, and Influence, the number one show for reaching millions of people. If you want to reach out and you want to change your life, today we are going to be talking about investing. I know there are a lot of people in this game that are great at making money, $100,000, $300,000, but they need to know what to do with that money. Real estate, stocks, Bitcoin. I'm joined today by DJ Ooch. Ooch, how are you doing, man? Amazing, Steve. A pleasure to be here with you. Awesome. I am super excited. We were talking before the show started. So a couple of years ago, not that long ago at all, Ooch was DJing around the world, some of the biggest venues, hundreds of thousands of people making great money, living in a five-star hotel. But then he woke up on a couch with no money and he had to figure things out. From there, he's grown. He's going to teach us some of his secrets today. Take us back to where all this started, Ooch. Yeah, so all this started back in New York City. You know, I'm a born and raised New Yorker. And once upon a time, I happened my way into the DJ world. And I didn't even know you can make money from DJing. It was like, you know, I always loved music. However, from all my years of going out in nightlife, when I told people I was playing music at this bar in Queens, they said, oh, I'll get you a job here, there. The... I was working seven nights a week in five different clubs a year later. So that's where that went. And as I grew as a DJ beyond just doing bars, uh, what I started to do, when you apply yourself, what happens? You start to grow yourself. And that's exactly what happened. Started to make music, started to play internationally, and things really grew for me. And that led me to living overseas. So I lived in Ibiza, which is an island off the coast of Spain. It's part of Spain, and it's considered the clubbing capital of the world. And I was playing amazing boat parties and clubs there and living life. And then I decided, well, what's the Ibiza of the Middle East? Dubai. I'll go live in Dubai for a little while. So I was doing my winters in Dubai and uh, summers in Ibiza. Uh, Tough life. So I was doing all of that and uh, living in Dubai in a five-star hotel. Didn't have to do laundry. Didn't have to cook. Like literally the lap of luxury. I hit a lot of my goals super fast. And I said, I love a challenge. So whenever I feel like I'm comfortable, I like getting uncomfortable. And some people think I'm nuts for that. I think it's definitely grown me as a human being. And I said, okay, well, I live in a five-star hotel in the desert, um, playing music. Where else can I do that in the world? <laughs> Las Vegas. So I decided to move to Las Vegas. Didn't know anyone really. No one in the business for sure. And the thing about moving from New York to Ibiza, Steve, uh, it took me like a month to get regular work. Moving from moving to Dubai took me a month to get regular work. In Las Vegas, they don't care about your resume at all. They don't care how well the good of a DJ you are. They don't care. They care about who's hand holding you into the position. Who do you know? And mm-hmm. I knew nobody. So it took me eight months before I had regular work. So your listeners and viewers are definitely going to understand the idea of being put in a position of not being able to work. Whether you were um, furloughed through this pandemic, you lost your job, you were meant to stay home, or you've just been unemployed. That was crazy for me. And that led to me being broke on a couch in LA because I was living in Las Vegas, not getting any headway. And that was a really rough year. My car got stolen. I had a huge car crash in the middle of the desert. 
you name it, you know, it was just going horrible. I was praying to God, God, why is this happening? Why is this happening? And fast forward to me being broke on that couch in LA. I have a friend in LA and I was like, hey, you know, I want to stay in LA for a while. Vegas is too hot. I'm not really working. And I was just, I woke up one day in October of 2017. I was like, I'm too old for this. I've owned real estate before. I've owned stocks before. Like, what? how did this happen? Why is this happening? And whatever happened with that Bitcoin thing I heard about once upon a time. So rewind to 2015. And I saw Bitcoin on Expedia. When you went on Expedia to buy a hotel at the time or a flight, it would say Visa, MasterCard, American Express, Bitcoin. I was like, what's Bitcoin? So I started to Google it. It's $215. So if you know anything about Bitcoin, the Bitcoin price, it was $215 when I was looking. I called my Wall Street friends, say, hey, Wall Street friends, you guys are experts. What do you know about this Bitcoin thing? Now, mind you, Bitcoin was $215. They say, oh, yeah, it's fake money. Don't worry about it. Literally the worst financial advice I've ever gotten as we sit here chatting, the price of Bitcoin now is $46,000. I had plenty of money to buy back then too. So let's fast forward now to me broke on the couch two and a half years later. Whatever happened to that Bitcoin thing? I pick up the phone um, because I looked up the price. It was $5,000 Bitcoin. From $215 to $5,000. I had tons of money, $215. I bought none of it because the experts told me, oh, it's fake money. Don't worry about it. $5,000 Bitcoin. I have none of it. I'm broke on the couch. So I called my Wall Street friends. Guys, <laughs> this thing's five grand. Uh, oh, yeah, I wouldn't worry about it. This is literally what they told me, which is like, I mean, what? So I said, I'm going to worry about this every day for the rest of my life. And I started buying Bitcoin then with the little that I had. It was five grand. Obviously, you've seen Bitcoin go to $65,000 earlier this year. So that was a great decision on my part. That led me into other altcoins, which led me into the stock market because I realized, oh, like looking at these charts and stuff, they're all related, whether I'm looking at Bitcoin or stocks or precious metals are all related. And now I'm in this really great position of teaching people this stuff. So, you know, I get to teach people who want to learn this stuff for themselves so you can be active. You know, I have clients and um, students who are, they have a great 401k and pension and Roth IRA. They're doing everything right. However, they, their neighbor told them about Bitcoin once upon a time and they're like, they're hearing things or they hear about Dogecoin. They follow Elon Musk on Twitter or they've seen GameStop or they're hearing about Robinhood. They know something's happening and they work a great job. They earn a living, a great living. However, they want to be more active. They want to be able to take more time off of work, be able to spend more time with their families, be able to have more time liberty, especially when they're following me on Instagram and I'm in Miami one day and New York the next day and golfing the next day. They're like, dude, when do you work? Because I was like, well, I earn a living off the markets, you know? And they want to be able to do the same thing, not so they can change their life overnight. It's just so they can improve their lives right now. So I'm super thankful to do that. The pandemic has been amazing for me growing this business, even starting this business. It wasn't a thing that was even a part of the plan. And then the pandemic ended my DJing. I said, oh, no work. I did this already. It's called 2017. So um, that led me into starting to teach because my friends wanted to learn. And I started teaching them. They told their friends. I'm teaching people I don't even know. And um, I'm super happy to do that. Awesome. I mean, that's, there's a lot in there to unpack. I mean, the first thing is, what's the most expensive advice you've ever received? 
It's free advice, right? Yeah. That's that's what my one of my mentors told me that he was like, the most expensive advice you'll ever receive is the free advice. And I think that's that's where you got the uh, the first hot stock tip, right? Oh, it's fake money. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, one of the other things that I heard you say that I thought was really interesting is when things started going wrong, when you were in Vegas and you weren't getting work, you didn't say like, oh, woe is me. Life sucks. You said, what did I do to get here? You yeah. started asking yourself questions that were introspective and you took responsibility for being there, which I think is the first step. So how did you go about, like when you were on the couch, what, what was step number one? Cause I think some people like this year has been, it's been hard on some people and it's been great for other people, right? When you're, when you're looking to get started investing, what, what are some, what was like the first thing that came to mind for you? Cause if you're living on somebody's couch, it's not like you have hundred K in the bank. It's not like you're living in, you know, in Dubai in a five-star hotel. So what did you do? What was your mindset? So at that point, it's a great question, Steve. So let's bring bring me back to where was my mind at at that time. So I I loved DJing. However, I wasn't getting any DJ work. I have a history working in television once upon a time before I was in music. So I thought, okay, well, I'm in Los Angeles. I'll get a job in TV. It's Hollywood, right? So I started sending my resume everywhere because I just I just wanted something for work. Like I was not tied to just DJing. I just wanted to earn a living doing something at that point, because it had been months of no work and getting nothing. And I, by the way, I've worked for BET. I've worked for uh, CBS Sports. I've worked for Fox Sports, the NFL, worked for the US Open, CBS, American Idol. My resume is stacked in television. Nothing, no calls, no emails. I'm sending probably 100 different and every day, this is this became my job. My job was to apply for jobs. <laughs> so I would sit there and sit there and nothing. Finally, I get one call. And it was like, yes, I got a call. I'm going to get work. Because once you put me in the interview, I, the, the job's mine. You know, that's at least how I've always been. That's how it's always worked out for me. And I have that confidence in myself. So I'm like, all right, cool. Let's get to this interview. So they get me on the phone and they're like, okay, sir. Uh, we reviewed your resume. What are your salary requirements? I'm like, that's a weird question because I sent that to you. Okay. Uh, well, let's say, you know, about 60, 70 starting. They said, oh, no, sir, this, this job pays $10 an hour. <laughs> and, nice. And, and that was the moment. I just started laughing on the call. And it was kind of, have you ever seen the, the Joker movie? Watching yeah, TV? sure. So I was laughing like that. Like, <laughs> I was laughing like that because it was like, what is happening in the world? What is happening in my world? I, I've, where, where am I? Like, this is the twilight zone. <laughs> what is happening? And uh, that, was, that was the bottom for me because I got off that call and I was like, what, where are we here? You know, like I'm here living, you know, 10 minutes out of Hollywood. I got no money. I'm on a couch, flying for TV work, getting 10 bucks an hour, DJed all around the world. I have no DJ work. I've owned stocks. I've owned real estate. I have no money in the bank. This doesn't make any sense. And all of that got me to say, okay, you know, um, where did I go wrong here? You know, so it, that right there was a gut check because it's easy to just blame and be a victim, live in a victim mindset. And 
you know, I definitely was, you know, whining and complaining for a lot of the year because it's like, oh, my gosh, what else is happening? You know, what, what, what's next, you know, on the agenda when your car gets stolen in the middle of the summer, a car you just bought three months prior. Like, you know, I got the car back, by the way, they took it for a joyride. They found marijuana in the glove. It was just like, what? By the way, I was in New York when I found out my car was stolen. <laughs> it's just like, this is bad. So, um, so that was the rock bottom, just knowing that, you know, enough was enough. Like, you know, I mean, I've done all this work in my life. I'm a smart guy, yet here I am stuck and it doesn't make any sense. Like it's not congruent with how my life has been or who I identify myself as in the world. So, um, that was it for me. And it was only up from there because once you actually look in the mirror and say, okay, you, you messed up here. Well, then you can fix it because you're the one in control. Whereas if the world is at fault and your brother did this and you're the Hollywood did this and everybody's doing these things to me, well, you don't have any stake in changing anything because everyone has the power. So taking that responsibility is so huge because that's when you can actually move forward. Hey, I just wanted to take a quick break from this episode. Are you enjoying the story so far? Would you like to know how to use storytelling and story selling in your business? Check the show notes down below or go to storyselling.how to grab my free mini course on story selling and start implementing this in your business right now. All right, let's jump back to the episode. So what, so did you go get a job? Did you just start investing? Because I think a lot of people, I've, the people that make, if they can't invest when they make 50K, they're not going to invest when they make 100. They're not going to invest when they make 200, right? Because what I've seen is standard of living keeps going up and then, oh, I'll get there. I'll get there. I'll invest when I have money. So when did you start investing and how did you get seed money together to do it? So Parkinson's law, right? Like, you know, uh, what, if, if you have something that's, you know, 100 ounces, you're going to fill it to 99. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. just how we, we work. So, um, you know, at that point, I had a little bit of money, like a tiny bit of money. I was broke, however, I had a tiny bit of money. And I read Rich Dad Poor Dad once upon a time. And one of the things that I got off of Square with, because I, I didn't grow up in a financially educated home. Um, I, you know, my parents emigrated from Nigeria and I'm first generation born American. My mom grew up on a farm. Like they were just happy to be in the game, you know, being here in the States. So I had to educate myself because everything with them was just, just work hard and then retire. And there was really no education in between. It's like, work hard, you get a pension and you retire, which was true for their generation to a large degree. However, <laughs> if you've seen, have you been outside? So it's a lot different now. So, um, you know, for me then, it was about getting back to those principles because Rich Dad Poor Dad is where I learned, Steve, pay yourself first. Mm-hmm. Pay yourself first and you'll be good to go. Because once I started to do that, I was able to buy my first house, I was able to invest, I was able to have the money to buy Bitcoin. However, you know, I got lost in the sauce and I was just like, well, let me just uh, pay myself first. And I just, I got off of my good habits and that Mm -hmm. allowed bad habits to set in and then, you know, really cataclysmic circumstances to set in. So I took the look, I got back to, you know, paying myself first. And with a little bit of money I had, I started to buy Bitcoin. Um, I got back in the faith, which was huge for me. You know, I had a car crash in the California desert, 1 a.m. in the morning. My mom on that Tuesday asked, 
Well, then my mom on that Sunday, I was in New York for a gig. I had a gig in D.C. My mom had asked over the years. I hadn't gone to church in about 14 years. And she said, regularly in 14 years, and she said, when are you going to go back to church? And she had asked me over the years. My dad had asked. I was, ah, gave like a non-answer. That was on the Sunday. I flew back to Vegas on the Tuesday. I was in L.A. the Wednesday and the Thursday night. And driving back to Vegas, which I had done dozens of times, it's about a four-hour drive between Vegas and L.A., I, 1 a.m. in the morning, Coyote jumps out in front of the car. And because I'm a tree-hugging animal lover, I swerved going 90 miles an hour, 90 miles an hour because the limit's 75 and it's 1 in the morning. There's nobody on the road. So when you're going 90 miles an hour and you swerve, you tend to go into the ditch. So have you ever driven into a ditch before, Steve? I have. Yeah, not fun. I wouldn't, I wouldn't advise it. <laughs> I wouldn't advise it. So, uh, so I'm, I'm like, well, this is how I'm going to die now. You know, I'm driving a 90, going in this ditch at one in the morning. The car is going to flip. I'm going to die. Like, this is how I die. Yelling at the top of my lungs, spinning the wheel like NASCAR. The car turns around, back of the car hits the bottom of the ditch. I'm in shock, foot still on the gas, go back onto the road. I have two flat tires on my right side. I pull over to the side of the road, not a scratch on me. No cars coming, full moon. And I said, yep, I'm going to go to church on Sunday. And I started to go that Sunday. I called my friend up. and I said, I need a church. She said, you know, I'm Jewish, right? I said, yeah, I know that. <laughs> and she said, uh, okay, well, my friend Ray goes to Central, which is where I attend now. I said, Central it is. I went Sunday, cried my eyes out, called some friends of mine who had been deep in the faith for years. They were my weird Christian friends that I thanked for being my weird Christian friends all those years because I needed that. Didn't know I needed it. And... Lo and behold, I started getting all this DJ work. Started getting called left and right from an agency that would give me like maybe one or two things a month. I started getting three or four things a week, literally like within the same week. And, you know, God provided for me to a large degree in that regard. And, you know, now that I had the habit back of paying myself first, it was like, not only did I have work finally, I also was aligned with exactly what to do with the money, planting those seeds, money, so that it could pay me more, which is what that started to um, transpire. And the rest is, as they say, history. That's, I mean, that is a very good story. And the nugget there is, I mean, pay yourself first. Faith is important. I want to talk a little bit about I want to go back to paying yourself first, because I think a lot of people have heard that. They've read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, right? Um, they've heard it somewhere. What does that actually mean? And how much should you pay yourself first? What's a good rule of thumb? Like, what did you start with? What do you recommend people do? Because I think so many people are like, well, I want to go. I want to go to a nice restaurant. I want to buy the Louis Vuittons. I want to, you know, like they want to do stuff. They want to spend their money and enjoy it. And they've, they've read four hour work week, which says, well, enjoy your life now. How do you, how do you balance those two in your mind? How do you recommend that for people that you teach? Yeah. So, um, what I rule of thumb for me, it's like 30%, you know, just straight away. So I'm basically living on 70% of what I earn. Uh, mm -hmm. I know that, you know, I do my tithes and offerings also. So I tithe in my church that's giving back 10%, which for some who aren't of the faith, you know, it's just giving back to charity. You know, it could give it could be St. Jude's Children's Hospital. It could be a local homeless shelter in your community. It's just about giving back, you know, because coming from that level of abundance, first off, you're making the world a better place. That's one. First and foremost, 
Second off, coming from the level of abundance, you know, from a scientific uh, brain science way, you're, you're telling yourself that you have more than enough, you know, subconsciously. And when you come from that place of I have more than enough to give, well, then you just attract more than you need, you know, more than you could ever imagine. So um, and, you know, when you are paying yourself first, what do you do with that money? This is where I say you go into the stock market, you go into cryptocurrency, you put your money into something so it can get you a return. So, again, I talk about the Bible in the book of Matthew. There's a story about the three servants and the master. Master is going on a trip. He gives his servants his money. Says, all right, take care of my money while I'm gone. So two of the servants, they get a return on the money. And the third servant, he's scared. So this is for your viewers and listeners who are like, oh, I'll just put my money under the mattress. You know, I'm all about that. Okay. So he takes the money and puts it into the ground because he's scared. He doesn't know how to get a return. Master comes back and says to the first two servants, oh, you did a great job. Goes to the third servant. Third servant's like, oh, I was scared. So I just put your money in the ground. He's like, what a terrible servant you are. You could have put it in the bank and at least gotten your return and get me interest. You know, mm-hmm. so... Plant the whole purpose of money is to make more of it. Now, when I say that, sometimes people are like, What? Okay, so money's nothing, it's just a value exchange. That's all it is, really. When you look at it intrinsically, if you were uh, in the woods and you needed food and there was no people around and you had no food except for a knife, and somebody walked up to you and said, Here's a million dollars cash, you would do nothing with it because you actually need food, right? It's not like you were, you know, in uh, the middle of a shopping mall where you can use that million dollars you're in the middle of the woods so it just goes to show that the money itself the cash itself is really nothing right so it's important that you keep this money moving right it's called currency for a reason because you're losing on inflation every second of the day you know in a regular economy two uh, percent is inflation so inflation basically is um you know the value of things going up, quote unquote, which really it's the value of your money going down, which is what cash does. Every second of the day, it loses value. It's the reason why your favorite candy bar as a kid was 50 cents and today it's $2. It's not that the candy's, the candy's smaller than it was when you were a kid. It says that the value of currency goes down, fiat currency goes down over time. So it's very, very important that you take the cash that you're making, pay yourself first. And when you're paying yourself first, you're buying stocks, you're buying real estate, you're buying precious metals, you're buying cryptocurrency. That way, your money's actually growing because stocks appreciate in value. Cryptocurrency appreciates in value depending on the cryptocurrency. I teach you in my course which cryptos those are actually are. Um, real estate appreciates in value most of the time and precious metals the same or at least it will retain value because if you're just holding on to cash, putting it under the mattress, putting it into the ground, you're losing. So paying yourself first is important in order to beat inflation. Paying yourself first is important in order to remain abundant. Paying yourself first is important just so when it hits the fan, you have plenty of money to rely on. If I didn't do that up through 2020, there are many DJs, many bartenders, many managers of beautiful restaurants. They all were down bad during this break that we've had because everything was shut down. You weren't able to congregate in these places and they worked, you know, making quarter million dollars a year in some cases. And they were like, Oh no, you know, I make quarter million dollars a year. However, my, my, I need to, you know, I need 400,000. <laughs> right. Which happens. So if you pay yourself first and you have a million in the bank, 
two million in the bank, three million in the bank, and don't mind the zeros because it could be twenty five thousand, sixty thousand, whatever your 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 profile is. Having that money as a backup is huge. It was why I was able to sleep very easily when the pandemic happened. Well, that's so. Having your money work for you is definitely it's the investor class, right? It's, it's the real true meaning of wealth. It's not having a bunch of money in the bank. It's not having a crazy high standard of living. Like if you want the higher standard of living, one of, uh, one of the people that I listened to said, you know, if you want the higher standard of living, that's fine, but you should still live on 50. Like the rule I always heard was 50% of what your income is. So if you want to live in a penthouse and you want to drive a Ferrari, then you just need to make more money, but you need to be responsible with what you have. Um, and responsible to your story about the tenants, um, the three servants, you need to invest money in a way that gets you a return. Where would you, it's kind of beyond the scope of this podcast to give investment advice besides your own courses, because you said you you have courses and you teach. What would be just a general rule of thumb? If somebody was just looking at this and they're like, I'm nervous about investing because I don't know where to start. And every time... I, one of my one of my friends said this. Every time I've tried to invest, I've lost the money. I feel better just keeping it in cash. Let's start with a couple rules of thumb, and then we'll unpack that last statement. I just wanted to take a short break from this episode and let you know about one of the biggest secrets I have found when it comes to converting webinars. If you have a webinar and it's not converting as well as you want, or if you're thinking about building a webinar and you want to grab this tip, it has helped numerous people one of my clients, we actually doubled their conversion rate just by implementing this one simple step. And you can grab it at deathtobadwebinars.com or by clicking in the show notes below. All right, let's jump back to the episode. Yeah, so I mean, I wrote a book, 10 Ways for You to Win the Stock Market. And for those who, you know, you know, I started investing and I lost out. Chapter one of my book is that get a mentor. And that's very, very important. And that's not just with finances. That's with literally anything. Let me ask you a question, Steve. Do you know how to drive a car? Of course. Okay. Did you learn how to drive on your own? No. No, exactly. And most of your listeners and viewers didn't either. However, we're like, well, I'm going to teach myself how to drive the car in this super highway known as the S&P 500, along with the biggest banks in the world and the biggest traders in the world who have up and down years. I mean, just thinking about that is so crazy. You want somebody hand-holding you into the process. You've mentioned you have mentors, you have mentors, I have mentors. The smartest people in the world, they look smart because they have people behind them that they can ask questions at the 11th hour when it's hitting the fan and things aren't making sense. They're able to get on the phone. They're able to get on the email. They're able to get on Voxer and say, hey, what's happening here? And that smart person who, you know, who walked so you could run, right? is there to say, hey, just look out for this, just look out for this, and just do this. I mean, there's a there's a video on YouTube, how to fly a plane. Yes, how to fly a plane. It's a five and a half minute video. Now, if, you're, <laughs> if your pilot were to get on, you're going on vacation with your family. This is uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, just uh, welcome to all of you. I uh, just want you to know that I learned how to fly this plane on YouTube. Isn't that funny? And uh, you know, I look forward to bringing you all to the destination. I don't know if we're going to get there. 
on time because I'm kind of new at this. I learned on YouTube after all. However, we're going we're gonna to do our best. You'd, you'd freak out. You'd say, okay, was that a joke? Because if it wasn't, you're going to want to get off the plane. Why would you treat your money that way? You worked hard for it. You, you put a lot of time and effort into it. Why would you just throw it to the wind and just say, well, I don't really know what I'm doing. However, here goes nothing. Like, it's so crazy to me. And I understand why people um, might want to do it. You know, they want to, you know, they don't know who to trust. You know, a lot of times there's a lot of people with acronyms after their name or people in the financial media or social media, even to talk up here. That's why I'm so um, happy to teach my students the way that I do because I speak in English. You know, I'm from the Bronx, New York. I'm from the hood. You know, like it's very important to me to get this information to you so you actually understand. And that's what I would suggest first and foremost is I don't know where to start. Get a mentor. Buy my book. You know, do some listen to this podcast. Surround yourself with people who actually know what they're talking about so that you are able to perform. Because if you don't and you're just kind of winging it, that's like learning how to fly a plane on YouTube. I think that's a, a very good analogy. What? So we'll link the book. The link is down in the show notes. It's also in the action bullets. If you want to check Perfect. out the book, we got a link to that. So last question I have for you is what do you think the minimum somebody needs to have set aside to start is? They're listening to this and they're like, well, I, I, I don't have a lot or, you know, I'm, I make 100K a year. How much do I need to set aside to get started? What do you think is a good starting point? Love this question. Love this question. Uh, so I'm a big believer, whether you have $5 million or you have $5, you are ready to start in the stock market right now. You have a lot who say, well, you know, I don't really have a lot of money to invest. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. And I'll explain why. There's uh, somebody I know. He's, 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 uh, he's a cool guy. He's done a lot. And, um, you know, he's a relative, you know, pretty smart guy. And once upon a time, he was sat right in front of his computer and he was on um, Expedia and he was buying a flight. And it said Visa, MasterCard, American Express, and Bitcoin. And he had all this money. However, he didn't know what Bitcoin was. He asked his friends about it and they said, oh, it's fake money. Don't worry about it. And he, he believed them. It was $215. He had thousands of dollars to buy all this Bitcoin. It would have been worth millions today, yet he didn't have the knowledge. So he, he sold himself short. He didn't believe in himself. He wasn't surrounding himself with the information. So luck equals opportunity plus preparation. By that, that guy is me, by the way, for tuning in late. Um, Opportunity plus preparation equals luck. You see people get lucky because not just because they have opportunities, because they're prepared for the opportunities. I had the opportunity to buy millions of dollars in today's money worth of Bitcoin back then for thousands of dollars. Like I would be, I would, you know, God knows where I'd be right now had I had done that. However, I, I didn't know what I was looking at. I knew nothing about the space. I didn't trust myself in the space because I didn't know about the space. Do yourself a favor. Actually learn this stuff. Learn now so that when you do have money, you can just rock and roll. You can get right in the game. Because again, if you get the opportunity and you're not prepared, meaning you get the opportunity to invest, however, you don't know what you're doing from a mindset perspective. You don't know what to even look at. You don't know up from down. You're not going to get lucky. If you're prepared and you're not going out for the opportunities, 
you're not going to get lucky. You need to have both opportunity plus preparation there. In my opinion, there is no standard amount because as long as you're getting a percent return and you're making your money work for you, that is the name of the game. You'll figure it out from there pretty fast. I have students who, you know, they made a couple hundred bucks to start out and now they're making tens of thousands of dollars. These are people who didn't know any of this stuff prior to this year, like zero. You will eventually get your sea legs. It's like when you learn how to ride a bike, you know, like you were falling constantly, you had training wheels. Once you learned, well, then you got a mountain bike and it, it, now you're biking long distances. It just becomes part of you. And the, the important thing is learn how to ride the bike, like start learning how to ride the bike now. Start, start doing that part so that um, once you do know how to ride, you can get your mountain bike, you can do whatever you want and be flying. Awesome. Um, Uch, thank you so much for coming on and sharing knowledge. If you guys are interested in checking him out, check out the show notes. Also, the action bullets underneath. Anything to say before we jump off of this podcast? Well, I want to thank you, Steve, for having me here. And you know what? I'm super passionate about financial education. So the fact that you're doing what you're doing, in my opinion, you're doing God's work. You know, I got the American flag right there. I'm an American coming to you live from Las Vegas. This country is not going to survive on its current trajectory if we don't get smarter and we have more people who are financially educated and financially sound growing this 1% to a 5 or even 10%. We're just not going to survive. So I'm super thankful for yourself and for people like you putting this information out. It's why I'm passionate about educating and finances as well. So I appreciate you. No worries. It is my pleasure to everyone else out there. Until next time, take action, change lives, and make money. We'll see you soon. Thanks for checking out today's show. Do you want the fast and easy Cliff Notes version of the actionable steps from today's episode? If so, go to actionbullets.com and download yours today. Also, if you're looking to start using story selling in your business and have stories do 90% of the hard work for you, grab my free course at storyselling.how today. Till next time, take action, change lives, and make money. We'll see you soon.